part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. That's just a tease, everybody. You know we're not Matt and Ryan. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by GetUpside. Download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more in cash back on your first tank. Everybody, I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And of course, as always, I'm joined by Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the mm. show a follow. Give us those reviews. Hit that subscribe button, uh, especially if you're Spotify listeners. Don't know if you guys know this, but you're able to leave reviews now. So please hop in. Give us those those five-star marks so you can help others build the ultimate dynasty football team, unless they're in your league, which, um, I mean, I still recommend us. But, you know, I, I can understand why you might want to keep any of this insight and knowledge to yourself. Marcus, uh, happy post-prodal, Pro Bowl day to you. Uh, yeah. We were just talking stuff, about man. the Pro Bowl. Uh, before we jumped on the show, and neither of us watched a second of it, and we are very, very proud of that. We were both doing yeah, very different good. things on Sunday, uh, but much, much better than the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like the the one thing about the Pro Bowl uh, is the fact that it means we're pretty close to mm-hmm. Super Bowl week. Like that's that's the most exciting part of the the Super Bowl. Uh, or that's the most exciting part of the Pro Bowl is that we do have the Super Bowl this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a very interesting home matchup uh, b- between the Rams and the Bengals. The Bengals are the home team in this one. And you know what? After seeing the way the 49ers took over that stadium last week, I kind of have a feeling uh, maybe the Bengals will be uh, truly like the home field advantage here, even in SoFi Stadium. What are you most excited about for Super Bowl 56 as we lead into the week, Marcus? Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, Burrow, Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun, right? Like, it's just it's <laughs> confidence and swagger. I mean, everything. It just give me all of the Joe Burrow content. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, same, 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 same. Uh, but happy birthday, Matthew Stafford, uh, who's in oh, his first Super Bowl this week. Um, Both very likable quarterbacks, by the way. I, I really like Stafford. I, if if he wins, obviously I'm ready for the Bengals. But if the Rams win, I'll be happy for Stafford. He he deserves this. Yeah, this is this is a good week. This is a fun week. Um, now this week uh, for our podcast, we are going to be continuing our team reviews. So we've been taking a look back at the 2021 seasons. Who's the most valuable dynasty assets? Who is the most disappointing dynasty assets? And today we've got the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans, both chock mm-hmm. full of fantasy assets and sometimes disappointments. Jeez, uh, what a segue there, Kate. <laughs> uh, yes, both of these teams can be very disappointing at times, but man, the highs are so high. So let's let's talk about the Bills, uh, Kate, and let's start with most valuable fantasy asset from this team this year? I think the answer is pretty obvious, but what do you have to say? I mean, it's obviously Zach Moss. Um, <laughs> kidding, kidding. It's Josh Allen. Long time listeners know that joke there. So there you go. Yeah, uh, only <laughs> only loyal fans know the inside joke there um, uh, with, with Zach Moss. No, I'm still waiting for the breakout. Uh, but Josh Allen, duh, he is my quarterback one in Dynasty. I don't think it's particularly debatable 
and I want to get into this because mm. he is the QB one in 2021. He was the only quarterback to exceed 400 fantasy points this year, 300 or more passing yards in eight out of his 17 games, 200 or more Marcus in 14 out of his 17 games. There were really three games where he did not post at least 200 passing yards. The floor astoundingly safe. Um, and even his disappointing performances this year came against like the weirdest teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to imagine that those are kind of fluky. It was like Jacksonville, Atlanta. Now, tell me, like it, for me, Josh Allen is so the QB one in Dynasty. He's the clear 101 in like super flex uh, Dynasty startup drafts. Like, how big do you think the gap is between Allen and Mahomes? And do you even agree with me? Is Josh Allen the QB1? I disagree with you. I, I don't <gasps> think he's the QB1. I'm sorry, Kate. Sorry. Um, I, I think it's still I think it's still Patrick Mahomes for me because what Mahomes does on a game-to-game -game basis is so reliably consistent. He's paired with Andy Reid. They, they have playmakers all over the place. Kate, do you realize for his career, he's averaging like over 300 passing yards a game and like 2.2 touchdowns per game? It's just, I understand the rushing upside and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I think Mahomes is so clearly the best quarterback in the league. And I know that doesn't always translate to the most fantasy points, but I just feel the safest every year going forward that he's going to finish as a top three option. The thing I think with Josh Allen, though, is over the last two seasons, we have seen, um, you know, obviously, like when uh, when thinking about Patrick Mahomes, you do think of him as the safer passer. But Josh Allen has shown that his his floor as a passer is still pretty low, mm -hmm. like ignoring the rushing or his floor is pretty, pretty high, um, ignoring his rushing production. I mean, he was still the quarterback one. We saw regression in terms of his completion percentage. Touchdown rate dropped from 6.5 to 5.6. Still good, yep. but it dropped. Um, saw an increase in his interception rate, a dip in yards per attempt, uh, dip in yards per completion. He was still the quarterback one. Yeah. It, As, it's just for me, Kate. Yeah. It's just for me. Patrick Mahomes throughout his career has averaged 320 total yards per game and two and a half touchdowns. There's going to be quarterbacks that finish ahead of him during his career, like Josh Allen did this year. It's just the safety of Mahomes is why I have number one. But I think Josh Allen is the clear-cut number two. It, that's fine. I, I I don't think if you have Josh Allen, you're probably trading him for Mahomes. And if you have Mahomes, you're probably not trading him for Josh Allen. So I, I'm, I'm good with either way that you're going to have those two ranked. You know, it's pretty perfect, though. Neither of these quarterbacks has had a single QB3 performance or worse uh, in the last two seasons. It's pretty, incredible. pretty freaking incredible. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of the year, we've all pretty much given up on our New Year's resolutions, but not this year. We're going to try <laughs> to stick to eating healthier this year. That's because of Built Bar. We absolutely love Built Bar. Uh, most Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and they have 17 grams of protein. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, even the puffs, which are really, really good. 100% real chocolate, low protein, or sorry, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with Built Bar. There's always great new candy bar or Built Bars 
becoming available, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And the new flavor for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious. And the new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think, if you think there's a flavor that's good for you, they're going to make it. It's going to be delicious and it's going to be great tasting. Uh, go to belt.com and use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Okay. Most disappointing player for the bills last season. Uh, this is going to shock everybody. I'm not going to say Zach Moss. Uh, Mostly because the expectations yeah. for Zach Moss, I don't think anybody had them that high. My answer here might be surprising. I'm actually going to uh, talk about Stefan Diggs, who, um, despite being a uber talented wide receiver, despite uh, averaging 16.8 PPR ga- points per game this year, I still feel like it was disappointing for where you drafted him and what. Uh, mm-hmm. The actual output was he his lows weren't quite so low. But Marcus, did you know that he finished as a wide receiver one in just 24% of his games this year? That's four weeks that he finished as a wide receiver one. Uh, yeah. The rest he finished as a wide receiver two or worse. Um, wide receiver three in 41% of his games. That's like a decent, decent chunk um, mm-hmm. It's not to say that the floor isn't relatively safe for Stefan Diggs, but I think we all had uh, higher expectations for him after the season he put up in 2020. I, I think that's a really good call. I'm going to stay at wide receiver. And for me, it's Emmanuel Sanders because I, I, I don't know about you, Kate, but I love that signing this offseason. I thought Emmanuel Sanders was perfect for this team. And he kind of was early on. First six games, he had 413 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, that's a 70 yards a game more than half a touchdown you'll take that right and then from week week eight on it was bad he was unplayable just one game over 36 receiving yards during that stretch um he kind of got phased out of the offense we saw more gabriel davis Uh, cole beasley went back to his regular role in the slot and now emmanuel sanders is hitting free agency and who knows what he's going to do or where he's going to go. I I was just expecting Sanders to be a more consistent and reliable option, and he wasn't. Well, I think the, the tough thing, too, is that uh, as soon as anybody made the move to trade for Emmanuel Sanders as maybe a buy-low candidate, uh, if you were looking for a, a depth piece to help carry you through the rest of the 2021 season, you might have thought that that was Emmanuel Sanders, uh, but – but it wasn't because uh, <laughs> as soon as you traded no. for him, so he last shot eight, you in the foot. Yeah. Last eight games, 213 receiving yards, zero touchdowns. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. Yep. Not, not a single game where he finished as a wide receiver three. So it's yep. pretty rough. I, I love Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I love him coming. I love them coming out of SMU, but he'll be 35 here in March, you got to wonder if it's probably over for Manny. Yeah, so. yeah I think it might be. Okay. Um, is there any buy or sells on this roster this year, Kate, for this Bills team? Uh, again, this might surprise people, but I think I, I'm looking at buying Devin Singletary. Hmm. Uh, I, I think most people have concerns that they will move on in the draft process. We had this concern last year and they did not. Uh, it became a little bit more obvious maybe why they should have invested in the running back position early this season. But 
as the season went on, we started to see a tremendous increase in usage from Devin Singletary. Uh, and you know what? It was good for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the splits when Devin Single sees at least 12 or more rushing attempts in a game, I mean, their points per drive increase, uh, their total points as a team increase, uh, their points against decrease because I think they're just able to hold on to the ball a bit longer. And that's some of the best way to play defense. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I think Devin Singletary became a fantastic asset. Um, and when he saw the carry volume, we saw that the the floor uh, is not, particularly low for a guy who is in a high scoring offense like this. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I just want to mention one more guy before we move on. Dawson Knox. Um, Tight ends typically, if you're not a first round pick, take a little bit of time to break out. We saw this with like Dalton Schultz in Dallas, right? It wasn't until year three that we saw signs of life. And then year four, he was a top three dynasty tight end. Um, I think we saw some of that from Dawson Knox this year. You, You look at his last eight games, not including the playoffs, 284 yards of four touchdowns. Yes, I know the yardage is not great. But the targets, five and a half targets a game, became a pretty consistent player in this offense in terms of where he was getting targeted, how many targets he's getting. He's only like 25 years old, Kate. He, he just turned 25 in November. For him going into the four, his fourth year, I would not be surprised next year if he's, I don't know, 750 yards and eight touchdowns. Like I think that's pretty – realistic and currently on dynasty league football he's tight end 11 and some people have him ranked down as tight end 18 tight end 19 i I just think that's somebody that can maybe this year give you low end tight end one production at a pretty cheap price uh and i think we've already seen the the ceiling of high end tight end production um you know kelsey's another year older we're gonna need some of these tight ends to fill in the shoes a little bit here um now, the only other question I have for you in regards to this team, obviously at the end of the season, we saw a, a huge comeuppance from Gabriel Davis, uh, who put up a literally uh, historic performance um, in in the most recent game. It, what are your thoughts on Gabriel Davis? Because I feel like as soon as he had this big per- performance, uh, we saw the the trades start to pop up on Twitter, uh, you know, Gabriel Davis for a first plus like, yeah. Yeah. What are our thoughts on Gabriel Davis? That seems expensive, right? I mean, and I know this draft class coming in, is not great, but that seems expensive. Um, And how do you value guys that have one big game and, you know, really don't do anything else there. And that's not, that's not to say Gabriel Davis didn't have big games through the year, but this was such an outlier that we have to wonder. For me, it yeah, reminds me Yeah, if I can of, get anything yeah. like that, I'm selling uh, yeah. 100%. Uh, I'm just going to pull up Gabriel Davis's stats right here because I, I want to look at him. So during the season, he had an okay year. It was 549 yards and, and six touchdowns. He scored, he scored 13 touchdowns over the last two years, which is kind of crazy. But, okay, to me, it reminds me a little bit of like what Adam Thielen did at the end of the 2016 season. He had a game against Green Bay where he got 12 passes for 202 yards, and everybody was wondering, is that a fluke? Is this just you know a bad Packers defense at the end of the season? How much should we you know count that going forward? And then we've seen what Adam Thielen has done kind of since then. He's become you know a pretty reliable, consistent wide receiver too, if not a wide receiver one. 
I'm not saying Gabriel Davis is going to follow that same path, but it wouldn't be that surprising if he kind of continues that positive momentum into a thousand yard, nine touchdown season next year. I mean, he's definitely got, got the momentum, but I will say for, uh, you know, all that we saw from him this year, the, the, uh, the floor is still pretty low here. Yeah. Only three games where he had more than 50 receiving yards on the year. Like it, he's still got a lot to, to prove in terms of his reliability overall. I agree. Uh, the most targets he saw the game during the regular season was 14 against the Jets in week 18. And then he saw 10 against the Chiefs in the playoff game. After that, he, I mean, most games he's looking at, you know, one target, three targets, four targets, back to one targets. I wonder if the Bills this offseason are going to let go of Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe they move on from Cole Beasley. And if he's the clear cut number two, that's when we get really excited about him, Kate. So we'll see. Agree. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Titans. But before we talk about the Titans, we want to tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making like $200, $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. All right, let's talk about the Titans. Most valuable dynasty asset from this team. Good luck answering this question. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely AJ Brown, though I do uh, I, I think obviously Derrick Henry feels like the perennial uh, correct answer here. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd still I, I'm gonna give it to AJ Brown for a couple of reasons. Spoiler alert, he's actually my most disappointing player as well. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, I'll get into that. but I mean from a true value standpoint, the upside is so high, um, but what are I'm going to talk about uh, his uh, his draft capital here in Dynasty football? It's nuts. It's off the charts. So he literally is the person with the most value on this team. Um, but I also do think that for his age and the upside, I I like taking him ahead of Derrick Henry in startup drafts. I am as well, uh, but when we're talking about just this season, I, I still think I have to give it to Derrick Henry because what he was doing earlier in the season was incredible, Kate. Like, if you take away week one, which he did not play well and they got destroyed by the Cardinals, uh, he averaged 125 rushing yards per game. The difference is this season is he was actually contributing more in the passing game than we're ever used to seeing. He was averaging over two catches a game and almost 20 receiving yards. Uh, so you were getting a player that was averaging 145 yards a game, you know, a, a touchdown and a half. When he left with his injury, he was the RB1. And I know you only got eight games from him, but you get eight basically RB1 games. You get multiple games over 150 yards. And he had three games, Kate, this year. We had at least three touchdowns. That's nice. it's hard for it's hard for me not to put him at, or, as the most valuable player when he had multiple weeks where he finished as the RB one. I, I it's fair. It's absolutely fair. Okay. 
Uh, most disappointing player. Uh, you you spoiled yours already, but go ahead. All right, AJ Brown. Yeah. Uh, which, like, let me preface this by saying, yes, I, again, the upside tremendous. His age, his athleticism, everything across the board uh, says, like, AJ Brown is the ultimate dynasty asset. He was only a wide receiver one in three total games this year. Um, and, you know, he was banged up. Uh, there were a lot of different reasons why he was very disappointing. And I think the fact that he didn't just sort of uh, take more time out to fully heal up from these injuries, um, that that definitely hampered his performance. But uh, 69% of his games this year, he finished as a wide receiver three or worse. And looking at Dynasty League football, Marcus, I'm actually shocked uh, because this is the highest his ADP has ever been in his career mm. and he's coming off of this season that is that wild is, to me it is wild I'm absolutely that. wild that i think i'm still buying aj brown but that does seem high um 6.83 is his overall adp and dynasty Yikes. as of january 2022 over at dynasty league football um and again that is the highest it has ever been and he's coming off of a very disappointing season. Again, I don't know if it's, um, you know, folks uh, discussing the injuries and and how that impacted his performance. But for me not to be able to get any discount here after a very disappointing season where you hurt me more often than you helped me, um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little sus. Not feeling um, that. I would here's the receivers that I would take over AJ Brown in, in Dynasty right now. Jamar or Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and then Devonta Adams and CD Lamb are close. Listen, we talk about this, it seems like every show. I, I still don't get why CD Lamb is wide receiver three in AJ Brown's wide receiver. We don't four. get it, folks. If you are But I love C I love CD. I absolutely love CD. That that's way too high. <sighs> I know it's it's exhausting um but it is I mean right now AJ Brown is the wide receiver four in dynasty and I I, Listen, I can't if flip, uh if you could flip CD Lamb for AJ Brown do that in a heartbeat I absolutely would yes All please right. uh my most disappointing player Kate has to be Julio Jones um yep just an awful year for him played only 10 games 434 yards and one touchdown he actually started the year Fairly fast. The first in week two, he had 128 yards against Seattle. Looked pretty good. Uh, from that point, he just looked awful. From from weeks three until the end of the season, he had 277 yards and just one touchdown. Never looked healthy. Okay, going into the year, he had an ADP, an overall ADP of 61. 61. Um, yeah. That now we're at 149. And that even feels a little bit high when you look at some of the receivers that are kind of going after him, like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I would rather have Donovan Peoples-Jones at this point. I would. I know it sounds terrible, but I, I would. No, and you know what? It's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting because you look at his cap situation too with the team, um, and it definitely, uh, definitely still has time left on his contract. Has two years left on the deal that he has with the Titans. Uh, is carrying 13.2 million dollars in dead cap so you have to imagine they yeah. don't just cut him 
um, because that's still a sizable chunk, but it kind of feels like dynasty managers are in the same uh, point that like the actual Tennessee Titans are at with Julio Jones, where you can't move on just yet, but it feels like it's time to move on. He actually turns 33 years old tomorrow and he's only played. Yeah. Happy birthday. HBD, babe. He's only played in 19 games over the last two seasons. Uh, And if you remove a monster week one game from 2020, where he is healthy, a thousand yards and four touchdowns. That's it. That's all you've gotten from him in the last two seasons. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any buy or sells from the, the Titans going forward? This is a this is a tentative buy for me. I'm not totally sure uh, if I'm like willing to give up a lot on these guys yet, but uh, I am kind of curious about De- uh, Deontay Foreman. Just just a little little mm. bit curious. Not again. Not willing to give up that much. But um, especially I've, if you been... especially if you're a, a Henry owner, right? You you have to go out and get Foreman. Yeah. And so here's the issue. Uh, Deontay Foreman, he was on a one-year deal. So like TBD on whether they bring him back, but um, a couple of things that I really liked when it came down to it, he was definitely their guy. I could imagine them uh, bringing back Deontay Foreman just as a solid backup. Cause I think Darrington Evans, um, you know, great scat back, uh, not sure that he's necessarily a uh, solid and reliable tight or RB one behind a guy that's as essential to your entire offense as Derrick Henry, um, Deontay Foreman, uh, you know, has had some injury concerns in the past, but he held up well, uh, in terms of the carry volume. So I, I am curious, uh, about Deontay Foreman. Cause I think if, even if he doesn't resign with the Titans, I do think that he's going to make a pretty reliable backup for another team and could be a really interesting depth piece. Uh, moving forward, like if he were to come to the Steelers and back up Najee Harris, absolutely give me, uh, I'm buying 10 times out of 10. That's a good one. I, I like that one. Ryan Tannehill is somebody I'm, I'm probably still buying. Okay. He's not being ranked super high right Fool now. Fool me okay. once. Listen, Shame on you. Let me, let me, me make the argument. <laughs> let, <laughs> let me make the argument of Tannehill. He's currently quarterback 19. He's 33 years old. This year, a lot went wrong for him, right? Derrick Henry got hurt in week nine. A.J. Brown was in and out of the lineup, as we mentioned. Um, Julio was hurt and was in and out of the lineup. Uh, their tight end uh, got hurt. Anthony Fersker uh, in the, the season. Jeff Swain got banged up. The offensive line was a mess. I just think we could see a year like it that we had in 2020, where he was 3,800 yards and 33 touchdowns and seven touchdowns. I, would not be shocking at all if he has something like that this year. If everybody remains relatively healthy, you can get him for like a song in the in two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues. I, he's just somebody I wouldn't mind buying, especially with like some of the quarterbacks that are going around him, like Mac Jones and Tua. It, 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 I, I don't know. I think you can get him pretty cheap. That's all. I don't mind that. And we know uh, we've seen the ceiling be quite high for Ryan Tannehill yeah. in the past. So. Um, I don't mind it. I just, oh gosh, I don't want to get hurt again. I'm not ready, but it may, give me like a month and I'll probably be ready to get hurt again. Yeah. Well, I actually think his value is going to be pretty low going into the soft season because all anybody's going to remember is that playoff game, right? How, how poorly he played, but he looked pretty good during the season. He when played he in the playoff game. 
<laughs> just, I mean, just if, he didn't, they, if they didn't, they might have won that game, which is kind of yeah. sad. But <laughs> I, you go go back and you look at the games in which they had a healthy A.J. Brown and a healthy Julio Jones, and he was really good. I, I mean, really good. So uh, even the game against the, the Texans at the end of the year, 287 yards and four touchdowns. Not saying he's going to do that every week, but I think he can be be helpful for you in two QB leagues. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the show wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on YouTube as well. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys back here on Friday. Thanks, guys. Bye, y'all.